and I'd like every one of you a happy Easter day. Thank the Lord for the resurrection. Let's turn, if you will, now in your songbooks to number 531. Number 531, 531. All hail the power.374 I know that my Redeemer liveth he may have been crucified but he he fooled the devil he came back out of that grave number 374 I know that my Redeemer somebody around you there and wish him a happy Easter.
All right, it's good to welcome to our Sunday School Hour this morning. Good to see each of you on this Easter morning. It's, uh, it's not a bright, sunny Easter yet, but um, kind of overcast. Just uh, pray the Lord will hold if it's going to rain. We need the rain, but not right now. And uh, so pray that hold off to our kids go to the park this afternoon and gather up all that candy. They're going to be scattering out. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's Sertoma Park that they go to. I don't go because I'm. Yeah. Snively. Okay. All right. Well, I don't guess you'll be going anyway. But <laughs> but if you do, it's Snively Park. So uh, you can follow them down there. All right, on this, uh, on this Easter Sunday, anybody have a birthday this past week? Any birthdays? Any um, anniversaries? All right. Happy anniversary to you, happy anniversary to you, happy anniversary, God bless you, happy anniversary to you. Remember those that are that are sick and those that are traveling. It's good to have B back this morning. I think she's been in the hospital twice since we saw her last, but uh, she's kind of grown an affinity for the hospital, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I was told that she was in there before and we'd sent the flowers and so the reason she went back is because her flowers had wilted and she was wanting another set, so... <laughs> But B said that that was Ivy that told that. That wasn't her. So. <laughs> All right. If you have an unspoken request, raise your hand. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessings on the offering and on uh, our Sunday school hour. Uh, kids all over the place this morning. And um, pray for each of the Sunday school teachers and bus workers. The Lord would help them through all of this. And they'll be going to the uh, park after the service today. And would be hunting Kenny. So um, remember all this in prayer. Brother Brady, would you lead us in prayer? Amen.
Several people have asked about the um, message Wednesday night, and and you can uh, access that online. You can go on on the Facebook or uh, YouTube, either one, and just type in Central Baptist Church message and whatever that date was. <clears throat> and um, if you go on YouTube, and it'll it'll come up. Well, the other one, uh, Facebook thing, you just you know go to the Facebook deal and. And our um, our ser services, all of our services are are on that. <clears throat> and um, and yeah, we even we've even had some people from out of state that have requested a copy of that. Um, so if you or if you had rather a CD, just let them let them know up uh, on the balcony there that you like a CD made of it, and they can do that. We have some uh, in. I think they're in the back. Uh, pews back there in the um, little songbook rack. There's some little brown envelopes in there that um, you can request services, and they'll they'll fix you up a CD for it. <clears throat> and um, so you can do that. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> my messages are copyrighted, so I can't give you a. <laughs> Just kidding. You you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to see my outlines. You wouldn't want to see it. I'm the only one in the world that can that can decipher what what I've got there in those in those notes. So uh, I started years ago uh, trying to write out the uh, messages. My our pastor, Brother Smith, he used to do that, and and um, for for a long time I didn't I didn't do that. In fact, I used to. As soon as I preached the message, I just discarded it. Uh, didn't didn't use the didn't save the outline, but I learned that was kind of dumb. Uh, so I started then saving them. But um, Brother Tony has uh, made a request that when I when I'm gone, that uh, he gets all of my messages. And I told him, I said that's that's not fair. I mean, you wouldn't have to work for them like I did. I mean, I've sweated, sweated blood, sweat, and tears, you know, getting those things up. A lot of praying and all that, but but uh, I'm just kidding, kidding about all that. But I know some of you are going to tell me that we've got some lights out behind the cross. I, I saw that already. Uh, but those that's hard to get to that. It's hard to get to that. And um, the... The cloth that's there, a lot of the places there, there's nothing behind it, and so you can't lean a ladder against that against that cloth. You have to put it on the side there, and then you got to reach out, you know, way out, and and so it, it's it's hard to get to. We may just leave that, and um, and uh, maybe just don't turn them turn the lights on. Maybe that'd be the best thing. And uh, we'll leave it after the rapture. Whoever takes over after that, you know, let them replace them. But, <laughs> right. All right, open your Bible to the book of Job. I know this is uh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, but but um, I wanted, wanted to talk to you today about, about something else. So look at, uh, well, it, it will be about... Uh, resurrection about living again but but uh, more along the line of you know the questions often ask uh, is there life after death or you know what what's going to happen once, once we die and all that and that's what Job was questioning he was asking that question here we had um, uh, our seniors fish fry uh, Friday night and Boy, what a crowd, and the um, place was packed back there. And um, Jonathan, uh, the young young man here, grew up here in our church, was married to Faith, that she was the young lady who was killed in the plane, uh, plane crash. And um, he, he mentioned to me, he said, tonight, today is one month. That's been one month since the day that she was killed. And... Um, you know, and and he's you know he he doesn't have any doubt about 
seeing her again, but, you know, he just made the comment that be glad whenever we're reunited. Although we used to have, uh, in, in our church, we had an elderly couple, uh, the Myhans. I don't know if there's anybody here now that would, be, would remember them back years ago. Um, Brother Myhan had, uh, had been a carpenter, and he built their house. He built every, every, everything in that house. He built it all himself. And, and the ceiling, the ceiling throughout the house had, it was uh, wood, you know, little, um, I think you call those, when you put them together like that, mitered, you know, miter. I'm not a carpenter, so I don't know. But uh, he, he had done all that throughout all the house. Very, you know, everything was very precise and very neat and everything. But his wife uh, passed away and, and he was he was there by himself, <clears throat> um, and he every Sunday when he would come in, he would he would say, uh, preacher. Will you pray for me that God will go ahead and take me? I want to I want to be with my wife again. And you know and what a what a comfort it is to know that as Christians that we know that there we are going to be reunited. There is going to be a resurrection time, <clears throat> and we're going to be. <clears throat> reunited with our loved ones. Uh, my my mom and dad both are in heaven. My my mom was was saved back when I was just a teenager. My dad getting didn't get saved until two years before he died. Uh, John, you probably remember my dad. Uh, Carl Hatch led him to the Lord. Carl Hatch was a former alcoholic, and my dad was an alcoholic, and and. Um, for that reason, he um, he would listen to uh, Carl Hatch, and he led him to the Lord, him and Brother Carter, and he was baptized over there in uh, at Landmark Baptist Church. But he he uh, he, he couldn't he had, the the damage had been done when he got saved to his liver, and so he he died of cirrhosis of the liver. <clears throat> but um, just before he died. Uh, I was pastoring in Tennessee, and and I got the call one night that if I wanted to see him alive again, I better we better come. And I was at the church, and um, at night it was around midnight. At night I was studying in the church office, and uh, Harvey, my brother-in-law, Harvey, Harvey Carter, that was brother Mickey Carter's brother. He's married to my oldest sister. <laughs> he was. He's in heaven now, but. Uh, I know that it kind of gets mixed up. I'll, I'll try to tell you, we didn't have a lot of choices, or the ladies didn't have a lot of choices. So you know, you had to you had to get whoever came along. And uh, but uh, my wife and brother Mickey Carter's wife are sisters. His brother then is married to my sister, so that makes me my own grandpa. But <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, what, what was my point? What was my point in all of this? <clears throat> We're, um, it, it's such a comfort, though, to know that, you know, it, I, when I hold a funeral service for somebody that's saved, it's not nearly as hard as when somebody's not saved, you know, you know priest. And the family, what can you say to the family when they know their lost one's in hell? It's, um, it's an awful thing. <clears throat> but... Um, we we celebrate uh, Easter, you know, once a year, but but actually every Sunday could be called Easter uh, because we live in the power of the resurrection, and not only Sundays but every day, every day of our lives, <coughs> we're living in the power of the resurrection, <clears throat> and so uh, you could you you could uh, technically call, I guess, every day uh, Resurrection Day. Look with me at Job chapter fourteen. Verse 14 and 15. And Job said, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed times will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire uh, to the work of thine hands. That question there, if a man die, shall he live again? I guess if there was ever anybody that felt like life had smashed him in the face, it was this man, 
Job. He's known in the Bible as the Old Testament man of sorrows. In a, in a whirlwind of woe, his health and his wealth were blown away. And then in a marathon of misery, the dearest things in all of his life were taken from him. His children were killed. His wife taunted him. His friends came and accused him of deep, dark, dreadful sin. And it seemed to Job as if God had deserted him also. And now death, the king of terrors, is pushing him against the wall. And he's wondering if a man die, shall he live again? Now, now Job, he's the same one that, that went on to say, I know that when the, after the skin worms have destroyed my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So, so he answers his own question. He knows that, that there will be a resurrection time. Job was probably like most of us are in this building this morning. Uh, when life's going along pretty good and seems to be fairly smooth, most of us don't think much about dying. But when we find ourselves facing death, we begin to ask questions that really matter and we begin to deal with thoughts about eternity and life after death. So here's Job, and death is staring him in the face. So he asks the ultimate question, the question that all of us ask, what happens to us when we die? Will there be, will there be life after death? When I die, am I going to live after, after death? Is that the end of it, or... Uh, is, it, is it going to be just like atheists believe that that's just the end of everything. You just cease to exist. Or is there life after death? Now, these are the realities that Job deals with. And I'm praying that these words of Job will give some words of encouragement to us as, as we face the realities of life ourselves. Most of us here uh, in, in our Sunday school class out here, most of us are up in years. Uh, and and uh, so I'm sure you know as we're as we're thinking about you know we're not going to live forever. We're thinking about uh, there's there's going to come the time. You know, I I don't I'm not afraid to die. I don't have any fear of death because because I know where I'm going. But I'm not I'm not quite ready because you need me. Amen. <laughs> my wife needs me my children need me and so there's uh, you know there's two or three people that I don't I don't want to have to leave behind a lot more than two or three I'm just being facetious but but the uh, but you know the fact is is we get we begin to think about you know we so we want to make out a will and and you know and tell about where where we got some things hidden and stuff like that uh, so that they'll know where to get it whenever, when we die. But Job's, uh, Job's words, he, words, he brings us face to face with the chilling reality of death. He said, if a man die. Now, I don't want you to think for a minute there's any doubt in that word if. He's not using the word in any sense of doubt. In the 10th verse, he said, but man dies and wastes away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? He's not, he's not raising a doubt about death at all. We know that people die, no doubt about it. The wages of sin is death. I remember um, standing one time when, when I was pastoring Tennessee, uh, there up in, there's an area in the Smoky Mountains that's called Cage Cove. Some of you I know have been there, and it's a uh, there's a loop there, 11 mile loop around that, and there's a bunch of old churches in there, and every one of those churches about out behind there's a graveyard. And I remember one time, and I, I've I've heard this, I've heard this this saying before, uh, but I remember it since it had been chiseled in one of the tombstones there. A lot of the tombstones there in those old graveyards, they just found a slab of stone, a rock. And, and they'd put it there at the head of that grave, and they'd chiseled out on there the name of the person and the day they were born, the day they died, and all that kind of stuff. 
But I remember one, and I, and I wrote this down. Now, I, I know that this is not the only one that was on because I've seen this before, but it, it said this. Remember, young man, as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, soon you will be. Therefore, prepare to follow me. Now, experience teaches us that death is a, is a fact of life. We see it when we go by cemeteries. We see it when we go by uh, funeral homes. We see it when we meet a funeral procession, procession. We see it when we read obituaries in the newspaper. Death is a fact. Longfellow put it this way. Our hearts, like muffled drums, are beating a funeral march to the grave. And, of course, the Bible teaches that. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, a judgment. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Did you know the moment you're born, you begin to walk through that valley of the shadow? On every hand, you have close calls with death. Uh, that accident you just narrowly escaped, that car wreck you just barely avoided, like David uh, said on another occasion, he said, there's but a step between me and death. It's a step. That valley gets more and more narrow. You become more and more aware of the fact that death is a chilling reality. Now, why do people have to die? Why do we have to die? Well, back in the Garden of Eden, when the Lord said to Adam and Eve, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day that you do, thou shalt surely die. Remember the devil, the father of lies, himself, he came by, he said, you'll not, you'll not surely die. And you know what happened. They, they disobeyed the Lord. And ate of that fruit. Eve uh, ate first, and then she uh, gave to Adam, and he ate. And, and so in doing, in doing that, now there's a couple of things that happened there. The, first of all, they died spiritually right then. Sin, when they sinned and disobeyed God, rebelled against God and his word, they, they sinned, they died spiritually. That's why you have to be born again. That's what he's talking about when Jesus said you must be born again. He's talking about spiritually. Because you, your spirit, it has to be, it has to be revived, it has to be made, made alive, and um, but but also then the the uh, process of death set in. Now Adam lived uh, over nine hundred years. He lived over nine hundred years. He was, I think, it was like nine hundred sixty years old, something like that. Uh, so he didn't die physically immediately. But he began to die. And um, so, so the reason that we die is because we're sinners. Sin causes death. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's, that's the, reason, the reason we die. And I can imagine one morning Eve got her basket and she goes out into the garden to pick some vegetables and and she looks and sees she's Abel lying in a pool of his own blood. And she rushes to him, touches his body. It's cold and still. She looks at his eyes and they're closed. She speaks into his ears. They don't, they don't hear. And in a little while, Adam and Eve are following a casket out to a lonely little spot. And they put their precious son in the grave. Now, why, why is that true? Because in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. The seeds of death are in, in our body. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Sooner or later, we all have to face the chilling reality of the fact of death. One of our men uh, several years ago, he was having surgery, and, uh, and his doctor, the doctor after he'd done the surgery, 
he came out talking to the family. I was there with him. He was not talking directly to me, but I was there in the group. He was talking to, telling all the family. One of the uh, family members asked him, asked him about uh, what caused him to have to take whatever. I don't remember now what it was. Had to take some organ in his body out. And what caused that? And he said, well, it was because of cancer. And he made the statement. Now, I guess this is true. He, made, he said that all of us have those cancer cells in our body. And uh, he said, all of, we have billions and billions of cells. Some are good, some are bad. And uh, uh, most of us, you know, we, uh, we are, those good ones fight off, I guess, the bad ones. And so, uh, we, you know, a lot of things that we don't get. But those bad cells are there. And, and whenever they, they find a, a vulnerable spot, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like those germs, they have a mind of their own, you know. They, they can find those things. They search for them. They search for all that in, in your body. And when they attack that then, uh, that's, you know, that's what eventually, you know, leads, leads to death. Uh, but the seed, you see, the seeds of death are in our body already. So, so it's just a matter of time. Some of, you know, some people live to be, uh, I, I've preached funeral service of two, at least two people that were 100 years old when they died. And, uh, and so, so some people, you know, live a long time, a long life. But I preached, I, I couldn't begin to count the number of babies that I've preached the funeral of the babies. Uh, so, so it's, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that, that uh, you know, we, we have three score years and ten, that's 70 years. And if by reason of grace we, we have four score, that's 80, man, that's just grace. If you're, if you're over 80 years old, you know, you ought to thank God every day for his grace and keeping you alive because you're not promised. You're not promised. And it, we're not actually not promised, you know, anything. I see some people trying to get in the door back there, Mike. <clears throat> and um, so it's a matter of, not a matter of if, it's a matter of, of when. Of course, the Bible says that, uh, that death is an enemy and it's the last enemy, the Bible calls it. It's an enemy, and, and we instinctively uh, fear dying. Men fear death like children fear going out at night. Uh, I, I said a while ago, I don't, you know, I'm not afraid to die, but, but uh, you know, there's a certain amount of uncertainty. I don't want to die yet. I've got, still got a lot of things I, I want to accomplish before, before I die, but, uh, but, I, I do know that I'm going to die unless the rapture takes place first. That's really what I'm praying for. I'd rather see the upper taker than the undertaker. And uh, but but you know there there's a certain amount of uncertainty, isn't it? When you think about it, you think about it. The chilling reality, the fact of death, the fear of death. Then there's the finality of death. One of the things that people who lose loved ones and friends says that there's so much of finality about it. You get that last phone call. You remember that final word they spoke. There's something final. It's kind of like a circle. There, there are no degrees of a circle. A circle is a circle. There's no round and rounder and roundest. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all a circle. No, and there's no dead, deader, or, or deadest. There's no uh, dead is dead. That's there's something final, final about it. We, uh, Janice and I, many times we have driven out to a cemetery where someone's to be buried and we have the uh, brief service out there and we, you know, we come back out and, and uh, you know, their cars are just going everywhere. You know, there's, uh, they, they're paying no attention to what has been going on there in that cemetery. Uh, people are going about their business and, and you know, with no thought, no thought of dying or anything. 
But here, here's a family. It's maybe a church family that are in mourning because you've you've lost a loved one. You've lost a loved one, and 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 there there's a you know there's a sense of finality about about all of that. The world goes on, but but you know for for the family, um, it, it's kind of like you know things stop at least temporarily. But a finality about death. I um, Ann Baker, the mother of the young girl Faith that was killed in the plane crash. They they were here uh, Friday night for our um, uh, fellowship. Her and her husband, and then also Jonathan, and then of course Ron and Lou's. That's Jonathan is Ron and Lou's son. So they're all, you know all all still in mourning. And Ann uh, when you know when I greeted her and I said, "How are you doing?" She said. She said, it's, it's tough. It's just day to day. She said, I, can, I just can't, you know, I just can't get, get it off my mind. And, uh, and uh, on, on top of that, she's had foot surgery, so she can't, she's a, she's a uh, hairdresser. Uh, she's been my barber for 36 years, but she can't, she can't go to work now because she can't stand, she, you know, she's got that, that foot hadn't healed yet. And uh, she was saying, you know, if, if I could just go, go back to work, if I could just, you know, get, get doing something to get my mind on something else. But she said, it, you know, it's, it's constantly, it's constantly with me and it's, you know, taking a toll. Uh, there, there's, there's such a finality about death. We fight that. You, you find out your uh, mother or father or wife or husband or child, deathly ill, you do everything you know to fight that finality, don't you? You, you seek out every doctor you can find. You try every medicine for them. You, you, uh, uh, sometimes I've heard of people that have, that have had things that they've driven all the way into Mexico to uh, clinics down there that they think, you know, that they're going to be able to help. Anything you know to do, you try to avoid that finality of death. I heard about a Christian mother. Her doctor told her she was suffering from a terminal illness and be just a matter of time, and she'd be dead. And so she uh, talked to her pastor. She said, "Would will you will you talk to my little boy and explain to him what what's about to happen?" So he went to the little fellow who was playing. He said, "Son, I just want to tell you that your mama is going off on a long, long trip." And she won't be coming back. And in the little boy's mind, he couldn't fully understand it. He said, when will Mama go on, on this journey? When will she be leaving? And, and the pastor searched for a way to try to explain to him, you know, uh, what or when, when, uh, when this was going, going to happen. He said, he said, son, you see those leaves on, on the trees there? And, and uh, he said, when all of those leaves have fallen from the tree, then then mama will be gone. Well, the weeks passed by, and the pastor was by, and he asked about the little boy, and, and uh, she said he, the, the mother was still, still alive at this point. Uh, she said he's out, out in the backyard, and so he went out in the back, and he didn't see him anywhere. He looked around, and he finally called his name, and the little boy replied, I'm up here, and he looked up, and there, the little boy was up in the tree, and he said, son, what you doing up in the tree? He said, I'm trying to tie these leaves to the tree. He was trying to hang on because the pastor told him when the leaves, when those leaves had all fallen, that then his mother would be gone. But you can't tie leaves to a tree, can you? There, there's, there's, a, there's a finality about death. When we face our own death, there's a finality about it. We run and we jog and we die and we eat properly. We take vitamin pills do everything we know to do, but it's appointed that the man wants to die. The children reality of death. It's not a pleasant subject, is it? We don't like to talk about it. We don't, we, don't like to use, we don't like to say this person died. We like to say this person passed on. You know, we'll say 
this person has passed <clears throat> because we don't like we don't like that word die or death. So Job, uh, he uh, asked the question, if a man die, shall he live again? In the second part of the question, he, he brings us face to face with the appealing reality of desire here. Shall he live again? Shall he live again? It's an old question. Job asked it centuries ago. It's a recurring question. People still ask that question today. And what, a, what an awesome question it is. What an appealing question it is that, that appears to, uh, appeals to all of us, you know, at some, some point in, in our life. Uh, I got saved, you know, at a fairly young age. I was, I was almost 22 years old. I, I was uh, saved on May the 5th, and on May the 29th, I turned uh, 22. Uh, so I was still, you know, still fairly young, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't recall at that age that I'd really given much thought to dying or anything. I had, uh, because I'd heard messages about about dying, going to hell. I had given thought to, about, you know, going to hell. I didn't want to go to hell, and uh, and so so the Lord the Lord used a lot of things in my life to. Uh, bring me to the point of salvation. The, the main thing, of course, was my wife. I'd met, I'd met the lady that was to be my wife, and she was a good, dedicated Christian. I was a church member. If you'd asked me if I was a Christian, I'd have told you yes, because I was a church member. But, but I, when I saw her life, the way she lived and all, I realized she's got something I don't have. And, uh, and so that that was the main thing that brought about the conviction in my life and and and, and I got saved <clears throat> but uh, but you know when you're you're younger you're not you, you know you, ever, you think well I know they're going to die but you don't think about yourself do you but that's one thing about as you get older you, you do begin to think about those things that's why it's very important that, that we prepare prepare for death I don't mean you know I don't mean I'm not talking about you will. You ought to do that, but I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. You need to do something about your soul. You need to get prepared to die because five seconds after you die, you're gonna you're gonna land in hell if you're not saved. And that uh, that is a very sobering thought. It was to me. I, I'd heard a message. Shortly before I got said, I heard a message also that brought conviction. It was a message about hell. And you think about, you, you think about it, the, the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. And S on the end of it, plural. Not just one, just but torments. And you think about that through all eternity, throughout all eternity. Um, not a pleasant thing, but you know the Lord gives us opportunity. He gives us opportunity to be saved, doesn't He? Uh, in John chapter eleven, verse twenty-one, the you remember the story of the Samaritan woman that come out to the well, out of Jacob's well to draw water, and Jesus was there. and And He said unto her, "I am the resurrection of the life. He that believeth in Me, though he were dead, yet shall he live." And that's the answer. Of Jesus to the question here of Job, if a man dies, shall he live again? Jesus said, I am the resurrection of the life. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Though a man were dead, yet shall he live. The answer to life after death is wrapped up in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's rather interesting to study the life of the Lord, see some of the things that he said. And one of the things that he said, uh, he said to the religious leaders of his day, John 2, 19, he said, you destroy this temple, talking about his body, and in three days I'll raise it up again. They, they took his body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they crucified him on the cross. And in a little while, he was taken down from that cross. He was put into a sepulcher, and they barricaded it with a stone, with a guard of soldiers, 
uh, for three days and three nights, the Lord Jesus was in that tomb. Jesus said, you destroy this body in three days, I'll raise it up again. Did he do it? Did he do it? Yes, he did. That's what Easter's all about. Very early in the morning, those ladies came to the gravesite, to the sepulcher. The stone had been rolled away, and they, uh, they, they feared because of this, so they turned and ran back. And, and uh, they got John, Peter and John, and they, and they uh, ran to the sepulcher and found that, that it was empty. I won't go any further with that because I'm going to be preaching about that in just a few minutes. So uh, I, I won't go into any more detail about that. But uh, services like today, Easter, Easter Sunday, services being held all over, I guess all over the world really, uh, celebrating what the day is all about, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that he became the first fruits of them that sleep, of them that die in the Lord. And so just as the Lord Jesus was resurrected, one of these days, these, if we die, if, we, if we're put in the grave, these bodies put in the grave, these bodies are going to be resurrected. Now, if the rapture takes place first, then we're just going to be caught up to meet the Lord there. We're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. But those dead bodies, the bodies of my, my mom, my dad, both, both of them died. Those bodies are going to be resurrected. It's going to be a different body. It's going to be, going to be similar because it will still be recognizable, but, but it's going to be different. And just like the body of the Lord Jesus after, after the resurrection, he, he had received his glorified body and he was able to walk through walls, just to walk through walls, and uh, and able to uh, trans to be transported from one place to another just by thought, just by thought. You ever think about the fact that uh, at any eternity, God God said that uh, there's going to come the day He's going to destroy this earth and also the heavens, the heavens around us, because even the heavens are tainted with sin, because that's where the devil and his angels, the fallen angels, that's where they are. They're in this, the heavens around us, the atmosphere. So they're, uh, he's going to destroy that, make a new heavens, new earth. And so that the new heavens are going to have uh, planets, going to be a lot, lot like now. But, uh, and you know, you'll be able to go to anyone that you want to, uh, just, just, by, just by thought. You're there. You talk about supersonic speed. <laughs> I've, I've always—I don't know whether whether this is a vice or not—but I've always liked fast cars. I—I I don't drive fast. I just like to know that if I wanted to, I could. And so I always buy the biggest motor I can get in a car. Uh, the car I've got now has got a 425 horsepower motor in it. Now, don't get worried. I don't drive fast. <clears throat> but I've always just felt, kind of felt, you know, a sense of security to know that if I wanted to, if I needed it, it's there. I can get it, you know. Um, but you think about, you know, how we're, we're limited in how fast we can go somewhere, but even, even with a fast car, because there are speed limit signs out there, you know. <clears throat> and, and so we... We have to obey those speed limit signs. But you think about at the rapture, how fast that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. <clears throat> Somebody said, you know what the twinkling of an eye is? That's the amount of time that it takes for the woman behind you once the light has turned green up there for her to honk her horn. A twinkling of an eye. Uh, but it's faster than that. The twinkling of an eye. It doesn't mean the batting of your eye. It means the twinkling, the twinkling of your eye. <clears throat> and uh, you're going to be changed. And won't that be great? You don't have to take vitamin pills anymore or, you know, or aspirin or anything like that. Uh, 
well, no need for wheels and all those kind of things anymore. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith I can see it afar. <clears throat> I'm, re I'm ready, aren't you? I'm ready. If a man die, shall he live again? Yes. Yes. The important thing is where, where will you live? Where will you be? Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless the lesson this morning. Pray that you bless the service to follow. Bless the music and the preaching. And I pray that, Lord, that everything is said and done here today bring honor and glory to your name. And Lord, I pray that all of the efforts that have been made this week uh, toward uh, getting people here and talking to people about the Lord and all, I pray that you crown all of those efforts with the salvation of lost souls. For we ask it in Jesus' name.